Let me ask you a question. Most hands will go up for this. I'll just tell you that in advance. How many here have ever heard of a music singer named Michael Jackson? You ever heard of Michael Jackson? Yeah, pretty much everybody has heard as the, the king of pop, they would call Michael Jackson. I bring him up because when I was a kid, he, it was in, he was in his heyday. That was really his prime. Uh, he had released an album called Thriller, and it, it rose to the top of the charts, and um, he just got a lot of notoriety. And I mean, he was, everybody, it was a big, just a big deal. Like one of my sisters, got four sisters. One of my sisters was so infatuated with him, like her entire bedroom, just covered posters, pictures, uh, magazine. I mean, all this is just completely stalker mode. I'm telling you, it was wrong on a lot of levels, but she, she loved Michael Jackson. And um, <laughs> another thing I'll tell you growing up is I, I, I would talk a lot of smack. And I know that's hard for you guys to believe maybe, but... I would talk smack, and I would tell, like, I would ride the wrestling bus to wrestling tournaments, and I, even though I was a little kid at the time, uh, I'd go, go with the varsity team, and as I rode with the varsity team to the tournaments, I'd tell the cheerleaders, I said, yeah, I can dance like Michael Jackson. And they're like, what? You're just a little kid. You can't dance like Michael Jackson. I said, yeah, I can dance like Michael Jackson. They're all right. They said, show us. And I said, I can't do it in the bus. I mean, it's just, I need room. You know, I got to spread out. I said, I can't do it here. And they're like, all right, all right. We get to the tournament, and they kind of forget about it, and we do that tournament. The next Saturday, we'd go to another tournament, and I'd bring it up. I'd like to sit with the cheerleaders again. This little kid sitting with the cheerleaders. I said, yeah, you forget. I can dance like Michael Jackson. They're like, oh, my gosh, you keep saying that, but you never do it. I said, well, if I ever get the opportunity, you know, when we were outside of this bus, and I just kept putting it off, hoping that I'd never have that opportunity. And uh, at the end of the year, two cheerleaders, <laughs> this is kind of funny, but two cheerleaders, we were outside the bus, and they kind of corner me in this area. And I'm like, I'm like, what's going on here? They said, let's see it. I said, let's see what? And they're like, I'm kind of, now I'm really worried. And they said, let's see you dance like Michael Jackson. And I'm like, why? Well, I don't know if this is the play. They're, they're like, no, 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 no. You've been talking long enough, okay? You've got plenty of room. There's nothing going on right now. We want to see it. You've been talking about it. I said, all right, all right. I said, back up, back up. And they back up, and I'm like, God, I, I need you to show up and give me an escape route right now. Because I, I, I mean, I, they didn't know what to expect, and I didn't know what to expect. I'm like, I can't. And, and they're waiting. And, and I don't know how to say it, but what happened next? Uh, I really can't articulate it, like, verbally. So I'm going to do my best to, like, reenact it for you. So, I mean, this is... This is, yeah, yeah, you will now. You wait, you'll be scarred. Um, so I, I don't know why, I, I just was like, well, I'm going to give it my best shot. So I, uh, they, I said, are you ready? They said, I'm ready. I said, all right. And I was like, <laughs> I, I can't even, I was, okay, do, cue some music or something. This is too, I need, oh, yeah, okay, 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 now I, okay, yeah. So now I'm like, this is, this is what I did. and you're like, God, why would you bring me to church to do that to me? I thought you brought me here to bless me. Your reaction was their reaction. One of, one of them was like, she's laughing. She's like, that's it? That's your, and I'm like, yeah, wasn't that amazing? You saw, I mean, hey, hey. I mean, she was like, they, they, 
They never asked me to dance like Michael Jackson again, and I never wanted to do it again. It was, it was unbelievable. So the, <laughs> the reason I bring it up, the reason that stories even exist right now and that I had the courage to tell you is because, well, number one, it's therapeutic for me just to get it out, and this is free counseling for me. Number two, um, there came a time when they finally called me out. Like, I, I was so busy talking in the bus every Saturday to the tournament, there came that time where they said, all right, it's time to do it. It's time to show us. It's time, we want to see it. And if you're new, first of all, welcome home. I'm glad that you're here. Second, yeah, you're like, I'm never coming back to this. Okay, I get it. So uh, we're in a series called Together. Say together. So together, we, we believe that, not, we don't just believe it, but God has showed us in the word of God that when the first church, the early believers came together, God moved in a miraculous way. But there came a time with these believers that eventually they had to quit learning. Not quit learning, but eventually they had to go from their group, go from their learning. And eventually they had to, they had to go and do. Okay, let's see it. Let's, let's, hee hee, they had to do. You know what I'm saying? That's my keyword every time I got. Okay, God help us. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring you to the book of Acts, Acts 4. Th this journey we've been on, um, actually we ended last week in Acts 4. I'm going to pick up there. Because I want you to see something with the believers. And God's going to show us something today. He's going to show you something individually today. In Acts 4.32, I'll give you a few verses. And then we're actually going to go to Luke 10. So you can go to Luke 10 if you brought a Bible or a mobile app. Go to Luke 10 and just park there. And if you didn't bring that, it's cool. We'll put that up on the screen too. But um, I love when you bring your Bibles. I love when you bring your devices. That you, God's going to speak to you. You can make notes. You can, you can underline and highlight. God is so individual and loves you so much. He wants to give you a word today. This is what it says. All the believers were united in heart and mind. Say united. They were united. See, that's key. That is so key. They were united. Are we united like... Like, would you say we're united as a nation? No. No, we're, I mean, I think anybody can look at our nation and say there's definitely division going on in our world right now, for sure. They were united in heart and mind, this group. They felt what they owned was not their own, so they shared everything they had. Now, I'm not, I'm not questioning the word of God. Don't hear that. But I read that and I think to myself, everything? Like, you think they had toothbrushes back then? I bet they had to brush their teeth with something. Like, how many of you, if somebody that you love, somebody, a close family member, maybe a spouse or whatever, how many of you, if they use your toothbrush, you, you would, you'd, you'd have to throw it away. You could never use it. Yeah, that's, that's, that, that's quite a few people. See, I'm in the other camp. I'm like, you know what, rub some water on it. I mean, I'm good. But my wife, you're, Jody, <laughs> she's shaking her head. She's in, she's like, she just mouthed the words, oh my God. I hope that wasn't profanity, Jody. Anyway, so um, she's like, oh my God. So the reason she's saying that is because there was a time that she was in the bathroom and I hear this, Monty, do you use my toothbrush? And I'm like, no, sweetie. I would never use your toothbrush. And she, my, it's wet. And I'm like, I don't know. She goes, what color's your toothbrush? And I'm like, like green? She's like, no, that is my toothbrush. You use my toothbrush. And going all crazy about it. Ever since that conversation, because we, we used to keep our toothbrushes together, we don't anymore. Jody stores hers way over here. So now when Jody's not in the room, I got to go way over there to use her toothbrush, which I, I do it. I mean, I'll do it. But anyway, so I, did they really share everything, God? But he's saying they did, so I believe that. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Uh, if, if you hear nothing else today, hear that. Jesus Christ has been resurrected from the dead. This statement, if, when you internalize it, not just, not just head knowledge, but a heart relationship, will change you forever. That's the reason they were doing what they're doing is because that event happened. That's why they're meeting together. That's why they were unified. That's why any of this even happened. That's why we're here today. If they weren't doing this then, we wouldn't be doing this now. Anyway, so the apostles testified to the resurrection of Jesus and God's great blessing was on them all. I, anybody, you don't have to raise your hand for this. Do you want God's blessing in your life? I know you do. They had it. How, God? There was no needy people among them. Okay, that's insane. By this time, the church in Acts, you know how big it is? Probably 15 to 20,000. I could unpack that in Scripture and show you that, how they started 120, went to 3,000, over 3,000, then went to 5,000 men, which means there were 15 to 20,000 people at this point. And you're telling me there were no needs among them, God? 20,000 people? Because those who owned stuff and had stuff, they'd sell it, they'd bring the money to the apostles and give it to those in need. Oh, my gosh. I, I believe this. Every need in the church can be met by people of the church. I truly believe it. Every need in this church can be met by people of this church. And many needs outside this church can be met by people in this church. So I, re I read Acts 4 to you to set this together up for this week. And you know what God showed me? A formula for, for why they were so world-changing. This is what I noticed in these five scriptures, or these five verses. They noticed the need... Okay, say need. They noticed the need. It's like, oh gosh, my brothers or sisters, I, I, they need some help. We're going to help them. I noticed a need. They overcame their differences because trust me, with thousands of people, there are differences of opinion. There are differences. You put two people in a room, there's differences. You put 20,000 in a room, there's differences. They overcame their differences and they paid a price. They paid a price. They noticed the need. They overcame their differences, and they paid a price. And God's blessing was on them all. Okay, God, this is, this is incredible. Are there needs in this time right now, in a pandemic season, in a, a racial tense season, in a just a, a divided political season? Man, there's needs all over the place. So I look at that scripture, and I think to myself, it's no wonder that the disciples live by that formula and change the world, the first church, because it's what their king taught them. It's what, it's what their master, their teacher named Jesus taught them. In fact, they would have heard a story where Jesus unpacked that exact thing, noticed the need, overcame differences, paid a price. They, they would have heard a story. And, and, and the story is what I want to unpack for you. Now, if you've been around church circles for more than two minutes, you've probably heard of the Good Samaritan. But I'm going to show you this story in a way that you probably have never heard, Okay. Um, just like you've never seen anybody dance like that before, you're never going to hear the word this way before. You're like, God, I never want to see it again. I get it. I get it. So if you, in, in Luke 10, before I even get to verse 30, I'll set it up. A religious person's talking to Jesus, and he says, what do I need to do to get eternal life? How can I get to heaven? And Jesus says, well, what does the law of Moses say? What does the Ten Commandments say, you know, we should be doing? And the guy's very smart. He sums them up in the greatest two commandments. He says, all right, I can sum them all up like you did one time, Jesus. And he says, we're supposed to love God with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength, okay? And we're supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves." And Jesus says, that's right. That's, you do that. And then the religious guy, it, the Bible says he was trying to justify his actions. In other words, uh, what's the least amount I need to do here? And he says, well, who's my neighbor? If getting into heaven means loving my neighbor, okay, 
who's my neighbor? Because I, I mean, it can't be everybody. I mean, I can't love everybody. So narrow it down for me, Jesus. And Jesus, instead of just answering it, Jesus did what he did so many times. He would answer it in the form of a story. Jesus told stories all the time. And, and this is why they're so powerful because they're such teaching moments that he did. So Jesus, by the way, I'll give it, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna give you the main point right now. I was gonna do it later, but I'm gonna do it now. A neighbor, say neighbor, here's your neighbor. I'll tell you who your neighbor is. A neighbor is anyone who has a need that you can meet. That's who your neighbor is. I'm, I'll tell you what Jesus said, but at the end of the day, a neighbor is anyone, say anyone, anyone with a need that you can meet. So Jesus has his audience, his Jewish elite leaning in right now. Oh, Jesus is going to tell a story. And Jesus said, one time, a Jewish guy, he's traveling. He's going from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he's attacked by bandits. The guy is stripped of his clothes, beat up, left for dead beside the road. By chance, he said, the guy's laying there now, and Jesus said, by chance, a religious person, which is his audience, remember, a religious person, a priest, came by. He noticed the need. Ooh, he, he, he hit the first step. A priest came by, and he saw the man lying there. So what does he do? He noticed the need, and he stopped. Not only did he stop, but he crossed. At the, he, but he passed by on the other side. In other words, I'm not going to help you. I'm actually going to get as far away from you as I can, and I'm going to keep going. This is a priest doing this. Oh my God. So we talked about religion last week, and this is not a religious organization. If, if that doesn't make sense to you, you, you should watch last week's message because I kind of unpacked that. And this story is one of the reasons why. Jesus is talking to the religious elite, and listen to what he says. People like you, the audience, you walk by and did nothing for him. You know, you, you walk by. In fact, the next guy that Jesus says walks by, Jesus said the ne next guy that walked by was a temple assistant. Another church person, a Levite, he would be called. The, the Levites were like set apart to do, you know, ministry work, like full-time vocational ministry, you know. And, and a Levite comes by, this temple assistant, same thing, you're kidding me. He walked over, looked at him lying there, Say he noticed a need. He did. He noticed the need. Same thing. What's he do? He also passes by on the other side. I can't get away from you quick enough. Religious. So here's what I wrote down. Religious people will always find good reasons to keep walking. Say? A religious person, a religious person, a church person who likes to talk a big game and, and, and show maybe on social media how, you know, look at the, look at the scriptures that I quote. And, and I'm not saying if you do that, I'm not, not saying it's bad as long as you're doing what you're posting, okay? That's what I'm saying. Do what you post, then post it. But if you ain't doing it, don't post it. Don't say it. That's why he's so upset with them. You, the reason you ask the question, sir, is because you don't, you want to do the least amount possible. So Jesus is showing them God, religious people will always find a good reason to keep walking. Last week, remember Peter and John, if you were here? Peter and John were going to church. They stopped. They weren't so busy going to church that they missed the opportunity to be the church, we said. That, that, that's so key. Trust me, it's way different than what a religious person would do. And then Jesus really gets crazy with the story. Jesus, oh, I love this. Then Jesus says, a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, noticed the need, 
He didn't cross along the other side like the priest and like the, the temple assistant. But, but the Samaritan, he had compassion on the man. Now, let me give you a quick history lesson because we always say, well, the Jews and the Samaritans, they hated each other, and they did. They really did. But do you know why? Here, here, uh, here's a quick history lesson. Israel used to be all one. When the, when the Israelites promised into the cro- or, or uh, crossed into the promised land, they were one nation. God's chosen people, but like people getting together with other people, all of a sudden there's differences, and all of a sudden there's barriers, and all of a sudden there's disunity, and all of a sudden you used my toothbrush when I told you not to use my toothbrush, and pretty soon there's a divide, and now there's not one kingdom, but there's two, and they separate into a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom, okay, and there's tribes up here now, and there's tribes down here, so the temple, Jerusalem, which is the epicenter where they all worship, and, 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 you know, do their thing and their sacrifices. The temples in the southern kingdom, down with these two tribes. The other ten tribes up here in the northern kingdom, well, now they have no temple to go to because they're not going to go down there. I don't, I, I'm ticked at you, the whole toothbrush, the, I ain't doing it. So I, now we got to find a different place to worship. So what do they do? They pick a place called Samaria where they're going to worship. And they build a temple in Samaria, and that's where they're going to do it. Well, now they're creating their own temple and they're doing their own thing and that ticks off the southern kingdom. Eventually, after that, Assyria, another country, comes in and invades the northern kingdom, takes over, conquers it. These are Gentiles, non-Jews now, are coming into a Jewish nation, conquering the northern kingdom. And now they're, now they're not, not only conquering, but they're commingling and doing these things with the, 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 the Jews. And they have kids that are not Jewish and they're not Gentile. They're like this mixed race. That's what a Samaritan is. That's how the Samaritans came into existence. And that would repulse a Jewish person. They, they, see, racism didn't just, doesn't, isn't just around for a few hundred years. Racism's been around for a few thousand years. Okay? And there, there, so there's a racial divide here. There's a status divide here. There's a religion divide here. It's all there. So this Samaritan, trust me, when Jesus said Samaritan, he got the audience's attention. They're like, what? You mean the Samaritan kill? You mean the Samaritan beat that guy up, right? A Samaritan, disgusting as they are, they, they robbed the guy, right? They beat the guy. They left. That's the one who left him for dead. And Jesus was like, nope, nope. That's the guy that would stop and show compassion. Jesus continues, going over to the man. The Samaritan soothed the man's wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey which means now he's not riding the donkey, he's walking, and this guy's on his donkey, and took him to an inn. Wow, this is what compassion does. And he cares for the man. The next day, he handed the innkeeper money, two silver coins, which is a, this, would be, this would denote a lot of money, two denarii. Telling the innkeeper, take care of this guy, I bandaged him, I took care of him, but you know what, if he's got to stay a day or two longer, I'm good for it, you know I am. You know, you know I got the money, so I'll pay for it. The next time I'm here, wow, so you noticed the need, just like the other two, but then you overcame some huge differences that you have with that gentleman down there on the ground, the Jewish man, and then you, you paid a price, not just with money, but with your time and, you know, your, your stuff. I mean, with every, you paid a price. At this point, the Jewish audience, they would, be, they would be writhing. They would be like, you're kidding me. They would be like, like if, they, if the Jewish audience listening to Jesus, if they had their iPhones out and they're like, I don't want Jesus to see me texting, but I just got to send an emoji and show my brother over here what I'm thinking. This is the emoji they would send. This is, what they, this is how they would feel. It would, they would literally be sick to their stomach. Like, like they would want to walk out of the room. 
Like this, Jesus, this is so far-fetched, this fable that you're telling, this would never happen. That's what they're thinking. It would disgust them. Let me give you, here, let's do this. Let's make it more applicable to today because I know there's really not Samaritans really anymore that we talk about and, you know, this may be, so let's modernize it, should we? Let's have fun. Um, Let's say the dude, the Jewish dude was who was all beat up. Let's say he was, let's say he was beat up and stripped naked, left for dead, on the side of the road, but let's say he's not completely naked. Let's say he's wearing a hat, but it's not just any hat, it's like a red cap. And the red cap is already getting tense in here, and the red cap says, make America great again, okay? I know, let's, let's, this, this is fun, isn't it? So he's down there, and he's been beat to shreds. So the first guy walks by, let's just say it's a Republican who walks by. And the Republican's watching and he walking and he sees his, his, his buddy down there. And his first thought is, dang, nice hat. You know what I'm saying? I, I should take your, his hat, but I can't. The guy's already had a bad day. But he's definitely in bad shape. But you know, I, gotta, I got things to do. I've got an agenda. Uh, I, I, I'm busy today too. So, God, I feel bad for the dude, but I got I to keep going. That's what he does. Let's just say he does that, okay? Now, let's say a, a libertarian, okay? Let's say a libertarian walks by. And uh, honestly, they, they walk by and they look. Now, they just got into smoking some weed, so they're not really in with it right now. So they, <laughs> so they just, they don't, they're not much help. So anyway, uh, so they're gone. And I'm sorry. I, I don't know. Anyway, now you're really never going to come back. Okay, so uh, now a staunch Democrat is walking by. And they're walking by, and they see, the first thing they see is that hat. And they're like, oh, my gosh. And they see the hat, but then they see the person. And the Democrat comes over to the guy and looks at him and sees that he's hurting bad, like he is like almost dead. So he leans down and he starts to, he thinks about it for a second. And he's like, all right, none of, none of my buddies are around, so I suppose. And he starts to help the guy and he picks the guy up. So he sees past the politics and sees the person. I mean, this is kind of crazy, I know, to think this way, but this is how insane the story would seem to the Jews about the Samaritans and the Jewish. So the Republican or the Democrat would pick up this guy with the red hat and he would take him to the hospital and they take care of the man and he's like, I, I got it. I, I don't know what his insurance is, but whatever, you know, the co-pays and whatever, I'll take care of that. And he makes sure the guy's all taken care of. And not only that, but when the guy starts to heal and get better and he can talk, they start to have a conversation. And, and they start to talk, and they realize that they actually got, on, got into some online battles before and some keyboard combat. You know, they realize, oh, you're the guy that said that. But they're talking, and they're typing now, not, 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 to, not to make a point, not to say, oh, I'm right, and you're wrong, and you're wrong, and I'm right. But instead, now they're listening to each other and listening so that together they might make a difference. So, under, so what's our mission at Meadows Church? It's to lead people to Christ and their God-given purpose. Now listen to me. A person living their God-given purpose will love other people, period. They will love other people despite their differences, despite their race, despite their beliefs, despite their political party. They will love other people, period, because that's what love does. It does. I know that gets tense. I'm okay with it. We got to see the person. If we don't see the person, we're missing the point. So, oh, and by the way, at the end of the day, think about it. There's people on the left that are really believing 
I know Jesus, and this is what's right. And there's people on the right that are saying, I know Jesus, and this is what's right. But at the end of the day, you and I, we know Jesus to the level that we love and live like Jesus. That's how we know Jesus. By the way, don't you think the world is kind of sick and tired of hearing about the love of Jesus? Don't you think they want to see the love of Jesus? They want us to show them the love of Jesus? That's what they want. This is what the, the world is so hungry for. And we, as followers of Jesus, we should be the ones modeling it. We, we, so the term Good Samaritan, well, let me finish the, the parable, and I'm going to tell you something. So, back to Jesus. Two more verses. Jesus finishes his illustration. They get the point, and Jesus asks them, so now, which of the three that, that walked on the road would you say is a neighbor to the man that was attacked? And he would have, and the guy who asked the original question would have reluctantly said, the one who showed mercy. And Jesus said, yep. Now go and do the same. Now go and do the same. A neighbor is anyone with a need that you can meet. That's who a neighbor is. And the Good Samaritan, God didn't coin that term for, for just the, the elite heroes in our world. You know, for these people that, you know, that we might see on the TV or the news or uh, read about in the news, though they might be a hero. See, a good Samaritan should be a follower of Jesus. It should be you and I. It should be somebody who is the church. Those are the, that's what the good Samaritan is supposed to be. But are we that way? I challenge myself every day. And that's why we do things like Love Week. You see the shirts, and if you don't have one of these yet, Sarah probably already told you, but grab one. In fact, grab multiple. I want those shirts gone today. So if you know somebody that would want to participate and love Supernaturally this week, give them a shirt. I don't care. Um, I just want them out there so people can know that, number one, we love our city. And when I say I love my city, I don't, I'm not talking about the buildings or the architecture or nothing like that or the landscape. I'm talking about the people. Okay, we love our people. This is our town. This is our city. These are our people. That's who, this is who God has put us around. So this is so key that we catch this. So, so Love Week, that's what it's all about. And, and my life group meets on Tuesdays. I talked about it before. Um, I don't lead it. Uh, I'm just a part of it. But it was so fun on Tuesday. We, we, we were talking. And if you're new, the life group is a small group. It's just a group that meets during the week. And we get deeper into scripture sometimes and pull apart the, what we're talking about today or get into a Bible book and unpack it. Um, the, <laughs> so when somebody tells me, Oh, pastor, I, I, I just want to go deeper. I want to go deeper, you know. You, I know you're talking about loving God and loving others. I, I get all that. And I think to myself, do you? I mean, <laughs> are you doing it? Because that's the difference. You're as deep as the last person you serve. That's what I tell people. Normally when I tell them that, then it ends the conversation. But, but there's always somebody that wants to go, oh, I just want to go deeper. And I'm like, are you in a life group? Oh, I don't have time for that. But I just want to go deeper. Can we go deeper on the weekends? Like, like I want to know about the end times. Let's talk about the end times. What do you think, Pastor? And I'm like, well, I think we're a day closer than we were yesterday. That's what I think. Okay? I do know that. Oh, but what about, what about, what about the tribulation? I want to learn about the tribulation. Revelation talks about the seven-year tribulation, Pastor. What are your thoughts? <laughs> and if you don't know, okay, Revelation does talk about that. And the seven-year tribulation is a... a a period of seven rough years. It's like 2020 happening seven times in a row. Okay, think about it that way. It's like boom, boom, boom. And, 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 and you can interpret it different. Some people say that when the rapture happens, and that means if you're still alive and Jesus comes back, 
the believers are taken up into the sky to meet Jesus. And you can interpret it like it's going to happen before that seven years or in the middle of that. It's like, like and that's what he would ask. No, do you think, let me, do you think it's going to happen before and, and then the seven years? And then we just go up right away? Or some believe, it, you know, mid three and a half year point, then we're taken up? Or, or do you believe pastors like after the seven years and then we're taken up? And my first thought is like, you know what, number one, this is why you have no friends. Why, like, who talks like this? Like, who has these conversations? Number two, who cares? I love theology and I love God's word, but who cares? Who, if you're part of the rapture, you're going to be with Jesus forever. Like, you're, like you're going to live in eternity forever. So whether that happens before that seven years, in the middle of that seven years, or after that seven years, Ooh, you're going to spend the next 700 billion years with Jesus. So it's, I mean, instead of debating it, oh, I just want to debate it. I just wanted to, so pastor, let's spend five and a half hours debating it. Oh my gosh. Ooh, ooh, no, don't want to do that. Why would we do that? Why would we spend five hours of our life debating that when people are dead by the side of the road? People have needs by the side of the road. People are in addiction by the side of the road. People are depressed on the side of the road. And you and I can talk about when we get to go to heaven. Who can you get to go? There are people that if they die today, they wouldn't go. There are people that if they die today, they would spend forever apart from Jesus. And you're worried about when you get to go? Come on. We, I mean, that was kind of a rant, but I just don't know. You know, sometimes that happens. So, I forgot. Oh, yeah, I was talking about life groups. How did that happen? God, well, I just want to be more spiritually mature. Okay, you know what? <laughs> One more rant. Spiritual maturity. Spiritual, you want to be spiritually mature? It's not about what you know, by the way. It's not about what you fill your head with. It's what is in your heart and comes out of your heart. Spiritual maturity is not about what you know. It's about how much you obey. You don't need to know more. You need to do more. Say go. Say do. That's what we need to do. Holy gosh. At some point, I think the world is like sick and tired of hearing about the love of Jesus. Like they want to see it. They want us to show it to them. That's what they want. That's what they're so desperate for. Man. So we're talking about, and in, in, online we have like how you can serve every day of the week. And we've given you just, we've lined it up, you know. And you can go out and be creative and do your own thing. And, but our life group is saying, we want to do something as a life group, you know. We, we don't want to just, just gather and have our knowledge and sit around and talk about the Bible and never get out and actually be the Bible. So... We, we didn't know what to do. We're like, God, oh, there's so many good causes, right? Well, we love our teachers. How can we love our teachers? They're going through a rough year like a lot of us. Uh, we love our first responders. We love the medical community. They're doing a ton for us. You know, we love the uh, firefighter. We, we, so we were all over the board. And then I thought to myself, I didn't say this, but I thought, do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. See, you're going to be overwhelmed with all the great causes in the world. Oh, there's this and there's that and there's this and there's that. I just, I'm so overwhelmed I can't do it all. You, don't, you shouldn't do it all. Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone and make it personal. All of a sudden, here's what happened in our life group. One of the girls in our life group says, wait a minute. I know it, it, it's either her brother or brother-in-law. I can't remember. But she knows somebody on the police department. I said, okay, that's personal. And then another guy sitting next to me has his phone pulled up. And he knows somebody on the police department. And he says, hey, here's a list of things that we've gotten from a relative or somebody that he knows. And it's a list of all the things that they need. Because... Like a lot of places, the cops are out there and they're 
double duty in their squad cars, and they need uh, food, supplies, snacks, all these prepackaged things. And uh, for their cars and for the police department, we're like, okay, it's personal to you, and it's personal to you, so it's personal to me. So that's what we're going to do. So we, we said we're going we're gonna to all get different supplies. We're all going to Sam's and Costco and getting our stuff. And we're going to meet this Tuesday. And we're going to package it all and take it to different police departments. But we want to personalize it. And this is, I think, a, a, a mark, I hope, of Meadows Church. That we just want to give you something. Uh, just to give you something. We want to give you something because we, we want you to know that we love you. So we're going to sit down on Tuesday night. We're going to write cards. And we're going to put personal cards that we're going to hand write to them, thanking them specifically for what, you know, this and that, whatever God puts on our heart, and put the cards in there. And I didn't tell my life group this, but I had a, a pretty awesome idea that I'm going to do. I'm going to take a copy of my driver's license and copy, photocopy it and put it in there too. That way, when I get picked up by the cops, I'll be like, hey, don't you remember? I was that guy that, you, you know, you, you saw my... Anyway, so, okay, maybe I won't. But I'm just saying, I, it's, I'm due to get picked up. So, um, but we, we, so life groups are doing that all over the place. But you know, so we notice the need. There's a need. Remember, notice a need. And that's what we're going to do. A neighbor is anyone who has a need that you can meet. A neighbor is anyone who has a need that you can meet. And when you notice a need and you meet the need, we're loving your neighbor. That is what we're doing. We are loving our neighbor. So I'm going to ask you some questions as we close out today. And there are three questions that go along with the three points. So you'll, they'll be easy to remember. What need do you need to notice? Like this week, and, and can I be real with you? I think you know that I will be. I, I hope that Love Week eventually goes away. I do. I hope it does. And when I say go away, I mean I hope it morphs and transforms into not Love Week, but Love Month. I think that would be awesome. And then, and then eventually, you know what? I hope love month goes away. I really do, someday, that we don't even need that because this is what we do. And then it's love year. And, and it's just what we do. I love it because this spurs us. It spurred our life group. I'll be honest with you, our life group, we've been meeting and gathering for a while, and it excited me because we're like, all right, we gotta, we gotta get out and do something. I mean, but, and, and we're church people, you know? But there was a lot of church people who weren't doing anything sitting there learning, wanting to go deeper. Tell me more, tell me this. We don't need to know much more. Love God and love others. If we got that down, we'd change the world. Wouldn't we? So, what need do you need to notice this week? I'm really asking you to pray to the Holy Spirit before you leave today. What need do you need to notice today, this week? What differences do you need to overcome this week? You've got differences. Some are political with people that you know. Some might be with people that you're not even friends with anymore. And that always breaks my heart that we would allow a political season to get in the way of a, a friendship, especially if we call ourselves believers. I mean, that's, that is not biblical. That is so anti-biblical. What price is Jesus asking you to pay for someone else? Because it'll cost you something. It always does. Loving people is never convenient. That's why, that's why a lot of people don't do it. I'll just be straight with you. It's not convenient. For that dude to stop by and help the other guy, that took time. You don't think he, you don't think he had stuff to do? You don't think he had people to meet? Uh, ball games to go to? Soccer to go to? Family to be with? But it, but it was inconvenient. It'll never be convenient to serve your neighbor and love your neighbor. It'll never be convenient. Ever. If you're waiting for it to be convenient, convenient, you'll be waiting a long time. It won't happen. But that's what they did. 
That's what love does. Love isn't convenient. Love always gives more than it takes, by the way. That's what it does. When you talk about paying a price, love always gives more than it takes. And doesn't that make sense? Think of the formula today. Noticing a need, love. Overcoming a difference, love. Paying a price, love. And I think of our three-step formula today, and I think of the King of King and Lord of Lords. And isn't this, what, isn't this what God did for you and I? Like, didn't God, when he looked at us in our dysfunction, when he saw you in your addiction, when he saw you in your depression, when he saw you in your divorce, when he saw you in the messy breakup, didn't God look at you and see a need? Listen to me. I believe that you're here today or you're watching online because God knew that you had a need. And understand this. There's a lot of uh, fixes in the world, but they won't fix it. Okay? Jesus Christ is the only one who can meet your needs. He's the only one. Trust me, I've tried everything. Everything, I think. He's noticing a need. God did. In the Garden of Eden, God noticed a need. Son, we have to hatch a plan. It's a mess down there. And the mess is still messy down here. So God notices a need in you and me. And then he overcomes a difference. A barrier. You know what the barrier was between us and God? It's our dysfunction. It's our messed up mind. It's your sinful thoughts, my sinful talk, what you look at, what you, how you act. When I was in my drug addiction, it was basically morning, noon, and night what I was doing. That's what it was. That's the barrier. Sin does that. That barrier puts a barrier between us and God. A difference between us and God. So God doesn't leave us hanging there. That's where Jesus comes in. And God pays a price and says, son, you're up. It's going to be horrible. It's going to be treacherous. I mean, it'll be nothing like I can even describe you, son. And Jesus is like, I know. Because you're me and I'm you, but I'm in. And Jesus didn't hesitate. That's what kills me. As, 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 as many lives have I, as I've hurt and maybe ruined, Jesus didn't even hesitate to go to the cross. Didn't hesitate. Didn't hesitate. Like, I think when God said, Jesus, you're up, Jesus is already slamming the door behind him. Oh my God. I'm two steps ahead of you. I'm gone. I'm gone. Where's Calvary? Where's the cross? What do you need me to do? He was gone. For you. For you and for me. This is exactly what God did. He noticed your need. He overcame a difference between you and him, and that is our sin. And he paid a price through his son, Jesus Christ. This is the... I heard this story since I've been going to church. As a baby, I've heard the gospel, I think. But it never went from here to here until about 13 years ago. And that's when everything changed. Because you can know a lot, but until you allow God to do a work in you through the Holy Spirit, you're just full of knowledge, but your life will not change. It never will until Jesus enters you and makes you new. This is what it's called to be born again. It's when the Holy Spirit enters into you. Literally, it happens. <laughs> so I'm praying to God this week, and I'm like, God, I want to close with the scripture. And God showed me Ephesians 2.45. Because I don't want to just give you the gospel like I give it to you every week. I mean, I want to, it's the gospel so it never gets old. It's the greatest news in the world. God, sending Jesus for us, our dysfunctional mess, and you love us that much. So Ephesians 2.45, I want to read it. I need you to take it in. I need you to own this for you. Love always gives more than it takes. Say love gives. 
Now say it like you mean it. Love gives. This is what love does. Love gives. Jesus is a gift giver. God is a gift giver. Ephesians 2, 4. But God, giver that he is, is so rich in mercy. Do you remember what, 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 what Jesus said? Jesus, the, the answer to his question, the one who showed him mercy. That's what the guy said. The one, who was the, who was the good Samaritan or who was the neighbor? The one who showed mercy. And Jesus said, that's right. Now you go and do the same. But God, so rich in his mercy, giving us what we don't deserve, his love. That's mercy. He loved you so much and he loved me so much and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you and I have been saved. Is anybody thankful for God's amazing grace? I said, is anybody thankful? Come on! Here's what hit me in the scripture as I read it. Even though we were dead, somebody walked in here and somebody's watching. You're dead, not physically on the outside. You're breathing. I get your breathing. I get your heart's beating. Mine was too. I get your limbs are moving. Mine were too. I'm talking about dead, like a void, like a sickness, like a plague way bigger than any plague we'll ever face on earth, I'll tell you that. I couldn't get by that, even though they were dead. See, I'm gonna preach a message someday. I'm gonna preach a message called Dead Man Walking. <laughs> that was me. I don't know how you could be more dead and still live. I don't even get it. A corpse of a person somehow moving, but so, so hollow and desperate on the inside. Some of you know what I'm talking about? Some of you maybe don't. You might someday. That's what it means to be dead. I keep doing what I don't want to do. I keep hurting people that I love. I can't get out of this addiction. I, I'm still got, I still got these secrets. I still got, I'm still depressed. I'm still anxious. I'm so dead. I have these suicidal thoughts that I can't get rid of. They're so deathly. Something is pulling at me. You better believe it. But there's something else pulling at you today. A risen king named Jesus Christ who because of what happened after the cross, because of what happened after the hill on Calvary, here's what saves you. God's grace saves you, but God's grace has already covered everybody. You have to cooperate with that grace by your faith. See, when your faith meets God's grace, your life will change. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. You need to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. You need to say yes to God. That's why he brought you here. You don't wanna feel that way anymore? Say yes to Jesus. You don't want to live that way anymore? Say yes to Jesus. Your life is falling apart and you don't want to be here anymore? Say yes to Jesus. But I've already recommitted my life to Christ. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about an encounter with Jesus Christ today. Whether you check the box or not on the little card or you say, I choose Jesus in comments and you text it to 474747. Do I want you to do those things? Yeah, it's great because then I know what God's doing and I can celebrate it. But that ain't what it's all about. I don't care at the end of the day about a card. I care about your heart and your soul. That's what Jesus came for. 
abundant life. We talked about it last week. I want that, God. That's your promise. God's grace. Oh, God's grace is big. Oh, it wants to change your life today. Oh, it wants to intersect with your faith today. Do you have faith to believe that he, Jesus was resurrected from the dead? If you have that faith and you want to meet that grace today, I'm going to ask you right now, I, I'm not going to make you stand or do whatever, but I do want you to just get real with God. So, so do this, bow your head and close your eyes. That's all I'll ask. Because I want you to center yourself on Jesus right now. But I don't believe in Jesus. Well, he believes in you. And he loves you regardless of how you feel about him. Because you can't change his love. And I'm telling you something. That king named Jesus, he knows everything that you've done. He knows exactly what you're going through right now. He knows what you're holding back as you're ready to get emotional, as you're ready to tear up, as you're ready to just cry out to God. He knows it. In fact, that's his Holy Spirit prompting it in you. Meet Jesus today. What do you mean? How do I do it? Right now. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Meet him and just say yes to him. In your heart, you're just saying, I don't even know what this means. I'm not even sure half the things this pastor is even saying, but I do know that God's saying something to me. I do know that God is wanting to meet me here, and I don't have to know much else beyond that. I just have to have my, have my head bowed, my eyes closed, and just say, God, meet me here and help me. Meet me here and help me. For some of you, you're gonna come up and pray with the prayer team. Some of you are gonna go back in the prayer room, but, but listen to me. Don't leave here until, that you, until you've met with Jesus and talked to him. He's such a personal God. He's such a relational God. In church, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I'll tell you that for me, it was never personal. It was about scriptures and knowledge and then not living it out. But, but Jesus met me one day and he got personal with me. And I was dead. I was the dead man walking. And he started to resurrect something in me. And the same resurrection power that was working in me that day wants to work in you this day. Regardless of where you've been, regardless of what you've done, regardless of who you hurt, Jesus already knows it all. So you're not keeping anything from him. Give him your faith. Tell him that you believe that he's real. Tell him that you believe he's God's son. You believe in the cross that he was dead. You believe that three days later he burst forth from the tomb, defeating sin and death. The resurrection, you believe in this first church and the crazy things they did, the way they shared toothbrushes and all, they did it. They did it. Why? Jesus changed them. Jesus Christ changed them. And that same Jesus came to change you today. Don't leave here without asking him to do it. That's all you need to do. I'm gonna pray for you with heads bowed and eyes closed, and then we're gonna worship I hope like we've never worshiped before. And you may not even know what that means. You don't need to. Just soak it in and know that the Spirit of the Lord is in this place. And He came to meet you. More importantly, He came to change you. Jesus Christ, thank you so much for the example of the unity and the power of the first church. The example, the illustration of Jesus, insane illustration of Jesus about someone who really hated someone on the outside but on the inside your love would bring them together in this story that Jesus gave to show us a picture of what it means to love I pray that our church will be bold this week in loving our community 
I pray that we will do it so supernaturally, God, that people will know that it's not us. We're not that good. My God, God, you know, you know what I thought about just this morning. I ain't that good. I ain't that good. But you're a good God. And you love us. And we give you glory today. And we thank you today. And we know that you're at work. And we may not know the end of the game of what our life might look like tomorrow, but we know that you're changing us today. And we allow it. And we welcome it. And we want it. And we thank you. And we'll never stop shouting out to you. And we'll never stop praising your name. And we'll never stop saying, in the name of Jesus Christ, the best is truly yet to come. In Jesus' name I pray. And we all say, amen. Hey, thanks so much for watching today. But don't stop there. We want to invite you to be part of our Meadows family. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe to our Meadows YouTube channel. That way you don't miss a single video, update, or message. And not only that, share this message with a friend. I encourage you. So many people are looking for hope and encouragement, and you and I have the ability to bring it to them. So again, thanks for watching, and God bless you.